All right, what is up, everybody? Back at it again, War Room, Episode 4. I'm your host, of course, Keith Corbliss, along with my amazing co-host, John Moynihan, a.k.a. J-Mo. What's going on? Man, we got, we got a good one today. A little bit yes, little do. introduction. We got another guest coming on. A uh, little bit about him. He's a 2018 underclassman, All-American, high honorable mention. In 2019, he was a preseason All-American named by Perfect Game. He attends the University of Georgia and helps lead the Georgia Bulldogs to a 14-4 and record, uh, ranking them as high as number two. He was a freshman All-American, according to Collegiate Baseball. He went 3-0 and with a zero, that's right, zero ERA in five relief appearances and held opponents to a 111 batting average. He's also a smart kid, SEC All-Academic all Honor Rule. Got the brains. Yes, sir. And is a projected first-round pick in 2021. Please welcome to the podcast, Jonathan Cannon. Jonathan, thanks for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So, you know, we're just going to get a little, like, straight right into it, okay? Uh, so, one of the questions we have for you. So, um, it, you know, you didn't get drafted uh, out of high school. And um, one of the questions we have is kind of, you know, we know you're a Georgia kid. You know, you're from Georgia. What was the main reason for, being, for going to Georgia? And was that kind of one of your things, you know, wanting to stay at home? Yeah, so, I mean, coming out of high school, obviously wanted to play college ball. And I, I didn't grow up a Georgia fan either. It's not, it wasn't a hometown thing for me originally. I grew up a uh, Clemson fan. So my mom went there, uh, grandparents went there. I just always grew up going to football games there. So I always wanted to go to Clemson growing up. Um, but I got an offer from Georgia. I had some other offers, but I visited Georgia, met with Coach Kenny, Coach Strickland. And then got to talk with just some of the players. And, I mean, really this program just was the perfect fit for me with it being such a great school. And then baseball program, I mean, you see where we pumped out pitching last year with Emerson Hancock and Cole Wilcox. And oh, I just yeah. think Coach Kenny's the best, if not one of the best in the country at developing pitching. And that was exactly what I needed. So it was just the perfect fit. Yeah, and you, you touched on those guys, Emerson Hancock and Cole Wilcox. You know, being, being around them, uh, what did you learn from, from them and what kind of, you know, impact did they have not only on yourself as the team as well? Yeah, I mean, Emerson and Cole are both just really hard workers and just do, the right, do all the right things when it comes to recovery and throwing. And I heard it put it, um, I heard it put it this way, is they basically work before the games like they're trying to earn their spot on the field then while they're in games, they play like they're the best guy on the field. So, I mean, I think that was just the perfect way to sum them up. And, I mean, they're just, just great guys, hard workers, and they can, they can really throw it. Yeah, it definitely seems like uh, those are definitely two guys at the top of the rotation for you guys. And, you know, obviously they do have some bright futures ahead of them, both being, you know, obviously now in the professional, you know, yeah. top draft pick. So, I guess that was – you know, a good learning experience. Were they also like big locker room guys? Everyone kind of just gravitated towards those two? Yeah, I mean, they were big locker room guys too. And I mean, it's not um, – I mean, they were definitely leaders in the locker room, but definitely just one of the guys like always competing with Cole Wilcox and Ping Pong. We got into some very heated, heated <laughs> match there over the course of the year. But, I mean, yeah, just, just great guys overall. So, while, you know, obviously you were saying that at Georgia, you know, uh, you know, you guys are pumping out pitching prospects left and right. Um, you know, a lot has been said about this upcoming season, you know, you included, you know, you guys have another big, you know, 
pitching rotation coming in, you know, that's looking to dominate games. So, you know, while from the, from the jump to high school to, you know, coming into, you know, the SEC at Georgia, what was kind of your biggest developments since being here pretty much? I think some of the biggest things was in high school, I was a, I was always a two way. So I always hit and pitched and I love, I love to do both and I loved hitting a lot. Um, But for me, I just think the biggest thing was mechanically. I wasn't, I wasn't great on the mound. I was just kind of naturally athletic and can throw the ball hard, but I wasn't really being efficient. And so I think when I got with coach Kenny, we just made some minor adjustments. And then I think just the one biggest thing is just being able to get in the weight room and put on weight. I think that was the biggest thing. My body just put on a ton of weight. As soon as I got to school, I put on 20, 25 pounds since I've been here. And it's just, that was the biggest difference I think for me. That's awesome. Um, so you think, uh, so we actually saw, you know, that you were a two-way on your bio, you know, you hit like, I think, what was it, like 340 or something your senior year? I don't know, something like that. I, something, I cra- something pretty ha- crazy. You think you're going to get any uh, at-bats coming up? You, you ask around? You're going to have to talk to Strickland about that one. I don't, I don't <laughs> know. Well, you should <laughs> stick a little bit? <laughs> I, I wish, I wish. <laughs> um, so kind of like, you know, you know, you have a big season coming up. Um, obviously, you know, I'm sure you know that, you know, at the MLB scouts, probably you've seen them around. Um, you kind of know that is looking like a, a real possibility for you. Um, what are you kind of, you know, looking forward to the most in terms of your 2021 season? Uh, obviously, you touched a little bit on developmental and um, kind of what are you looking to really take that step and, you know, lead, you know, the Bulldogs into contention and then, you know, hopefully, you know, even improve your draft stock even more so? I think definitely. And I mean, I think the biggest thing just with this upcoming season, I think everyone's looking forward to it is just to be back on the field, be back yeah. again. Uh, I mean, I know this spring was really difficult for a lot of us. Just it gets taken away so fast and it makes you appreciate, appreciate while you're playing, while you're out on the field and being thankful. But I think you touched on it, um, being able to lead this team. And we got a lot of young guys on this team. And I'm by no means one of the older guys on the team. We got a lot of great leaders on the team. Um, but I think we definitely have the the talent to make a run this year. For sure. Uh, another another kind of question. You touched upon this again, going kind of into the into the 2021 season with your development and everything, Jonathan. Uh, what in your game are you kind of looking to improve upon, especially in that dominant 2020 season that you had? Granted, it was cut short, but absolutely dominant. What are you kind of looking to build off of that? So I think the biggest thing coming from last year was uh, the development of my curveball. So I'm normally just a three pitch. I was a three pitch guy last year. Uh, fastball, slider, changeup. And I threw the curveball, but it was more or less just kind of a show me pitch, just to kind of show hitters I could throw it, but it wasn't I wasn't comfortable throwing. I didn't like throwing it. Um, so I think that was the one of the bigger things that I tried to improve upon this summer was making sure that that was a pitch that I can use and it's a plus pitch. And then just improving on my changeup, just making sure it's more consistent. And uh, when I did give up hits or I was squared up at all by hitters. It was on the changeup, just leaving it out over the plate. So that was a big improvement that I'm focusing on this year. 
Um, so you kind of touched upon how you're comfortable throwing the three pitch mix, uh, adding a fourth in there. Do you think that kind of, you know, that's what's going to set you apart for 2021 where you're going to have hitters off balance, you know, east to west, north, south, every direction? Because you do throw like a 97. You were clocked around 96, 97, I believe, right? Yeah, and I think it's just one of those things that I've talked with Kenny a lot about it this summer. I played around with a couple pitches. I threw a curveball in high school, but when I got – or my senior year and going into freshman year of college, I was really working hard on my slider, and I just couldn't throw both. They just kind of turned into the same pitch. So me and Kenny decided to shelve it for the time being, and we'll come back to it later. And once my slider got to the point that it did, I decided to bring the curveball back. And it was just kind of a feel thing and just working on it. And it's just reps. And so that's where I'm at right now. Now, I just have a, a curious question. It's kind of off the top of the head here. But um, what kind of goes into, you know, I mean, obviously you're playing div- big Division One baseball. You know, you're looking for, you know, to take that next step even beyond, you know, D1. But what does it kind of take to, like, develop a pitch in the first place? Mm-hmm. You know, something especially you're not that comfortable with. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's mostly dependent upon the pitcher. So just to kind of give a little context, someone like Emerson, he throws a super high spin rate fastball, which basically has that rising effect to it. Mm-hmm. I'm Me and Cole Wilcox were the complete opposite. We threw low spin rate fastballs that move and sink a little bit. So you kind of like look at pitches like you're trying to almost – think about it as if you're tunneling them like you want your fastball you want your pitches to kind of move off your fastball so if my fastball is sinking I want pitches that complement that so I want a slider that goes the opposite way of my fastball I want to change up that maybe drops and sinks a little bit um so the curveball for me isn't necessarily a natural pitch just because it kind of just it just doesn't look the same as my other pit pitches out of the hand which is why I sort of worked on throwing up in the zone more to kind of pair that curveball with that gotcha. fastball up in the zone. So it's just kind of complementing your other pitches. You don't want to throw in a pitch that looks completely different out of, out of your hand that a hitter can easily spot. And how many reps would you say with that pitch, per se, like live batting practice, just throwing bullpens or whatever? Like how many times were you throwing that to the point where you're comfortable enough where you're getting to where you want to throw it in games? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just during the summertime, I mean, it's no – consequence I don't have to worry about giving up a three-run home run and the regionals because I'm trying to throw this curveball that I haven't been working on yeah. I can just throw it in the summer summer if it gets hit it gets hit I'm working on it it's fine so I think that was the thing just throwing it every game that I was able to this summer and so kind of just like a big trial and error type of thing yeah definitely trial and error that's awesome Gotcha. And looking back, again, we're going to kind of revert back. You touched upon it. You threw the curveball in high school. I believe I saw in perfect game you were ranked around 20th in Georgia for starting pitchers. When was it key to you? When did it kind of all get put together? Obviously, we saw in the 2020 season, really dominant season. When did it click for you that, wow, I can really, I can try and put this together at a professional level? I mean, I think it's just always been a goal of mine. I've been playing baseball as, as long as I can remember. And that's just always been the goal for me. And I've always kind of – I've always thought that I can do it. And I never really had any doubts in the back of my mind that I couldn't do it. Um, but I think around my sophomore year was when I thought I first was – I first caught a glimpse of myself being able to do it. Uh, I kind of made that big 
everyone kind of talks about velocity jumps when you're when you're coming up in like 90s like the big number and mine was going into my junior year was when I first hit 90 and the first time that I finally got started to get recruited by big schools so I think that was when I kind of first got a taste of it you know it's kind of funny we were talking about this with uh with Chris a little while ago um we were saying how the first big like jump you take is when you kind of hit 90 miles an hour right that's like the kind of like whoa like I did it like here we go now it only you know can go up from there what was it kind of like for you because obviously you're hitting like 96 97 consistently right what was it kind of like for you you know you you said your junior year to -hmm. hit 90 for the first time like were you hyped up was any of your teammates hyped up yeah I mean it was it was was pretty cool because it was towards the end of the summer and I mean I remember it we were over at Lake Point and it was one of those times we were in the playoffs of like one of the big worldwood bat tournaments or whatever and we were losing by a lot but the playoffs I mean that's where all the scouts are so my coach I was supposed I was gonna start the next game but we were losing by like eight runs we had there was like two innings left so he gave me a chance to go in and kind of pitch in front of these scouts and that was the first time I hit 90 and I wasn't even supposed to pitch that game that's crazy so yeah that that was that was pretty cool oh my gosh that's awesome. That's like, all right, I hit 90. Now now everyone's like, okay, who's this guy? Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? That's sick. I mean, it was the same um, thing with Chris. Chris was saying the same thing too. What was it? He was he uh he was pitching, I think he said what, what was it, his sophomore year or something? They were they were just pitching and he was he was throwing and hits 90 and all of his teammates were like, oh, and like started making <laughs> making a huge joke. And he's like, what the heck? He turns around to the scoreboard and it's reading nine zero. He's like, oh. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, now it's now it's go time. <laughs> um, so some of the things that uh, was there like, how were you able to develop that fastball even more so? Because you know, a lot of people are saying that's kind of, and I don't know if you would agree with this, but that's kind of like your go-to, your top pitch. Did you? Because you're you're what you're about six six, right? You're a pretty tall guy. Yeah. Um, did you have some like? big growth spurt you know in in the developmental which able to pack on the you know fastball velocity or maybe your time at Georgia where you put more weight on stuff like that yeah so in fall ball we started inner squads before before this time last year so probably around the early September and I was right about where I was in high school I was probably 91 92 touch of three maybe every now and then mm-hmm. um, it wasn't until it was just one week. It was their first real game, like, like fall game against Columbus State last year. And it was like 13 innings. It's the longest game ever. And I pitched in like the 12th inning, or like 11th inning. And that, and I went out and threw and like I felt good. Like we didn't have the scoreboard on or anything. So like I had no idea. And I just went out there and threw. And then after the game, like our analytics guy came and he was like, you were sitting like 95 the whole outing. And I was like, that's crazy. I've never done that. It's like one of those things where you're not even looking at the scoreboard. So you can't even yeah. tell what you're throwing like, or being like, conscious you- about. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's Just not rearing me. back and firing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was one of those things like one inning you get, hopefully face three batters. Let's just go out there and throw as hard as you can. <laughs> With um, kind of, you know, your, your 2020 season put on hold as well. So, I mean, it's really difficult to throw, you know, 95, 96, 97, you know, especially when you get your season cut short, you know, your arm is all ready to go, stuff like that. 
And then, so like, what's kind of has, how's training been, you know, when you can't necessarily face the live hitters, I know you're saying you played a little bit of summer ball, so you, you might've been able to get back to that point, but um, has it been any, you know, strange adjustments or anything like that? It was, it was weird, but um, I think the biggest help over the break. So I live walking distance from my high school and my, <clears throat> and my little brother is a sophomore in high school and he's a catcher. So it kind of out perfectly. We were able to walk up to our high school and be able to throw and throw bullpens. And then my where I trained back at Georgia and well here we didn't really shut down all the way. He got a lot of he got a lot of crap for that. But um, our gyms were allowed to stay open pretty much okay. all for except like a week or maybe two. Um, so we were able to go in there and train pretty much the whole time. So it wasn't. It was different, obviously, with everything going on, but it wasn't completely different from what I would do if everything was was normal. Gotcha. So you're throwing your uh, your little brother the absolute cheddar, 96, 97. Hope he catches it. He <laughs> <laughs> was a good catch. He was handling it well. We we I think we both made each other a little bit better over. There you uh, go. That's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. So, um, kind of, uh, you know touched a little bit upon the future you know you have a lot of sites calling you know calling your name about the draft stuff like that so kind of and obviously you have a really big season up and coming for Georgia as one of the leaders on the pitching staff um what would you say is kind of your short-term goal for maybe this upcoming season and then what are your more long-term goals for this season and continue on yeah so I mean short-term I think is just to get my get like get myself into a place where I can be a um and get my body into a place where I can be a good or a high quality college starter mm-hmm. and lead my team to Omaha just like sure. I think it's just like any other year and I mean this year might have an asterisk next to it but I mean I don't think when you show people a ring they'll care about an asterisk asterisk next next to it. Yep. <laughs> That's right. But, um, I mean, that's definitely the the short term goal, and then long term, I think is just keep keep developing pitches and keep working on minor improvements, whatever it might be, um, just to become that next level pitcher and be able to excel at the next level and beyond. Awesome, that's great. Awesome. To hear. Yeah. All right. I think that wraps it up for the baseball portion of it. We'll get a little loose now. We'll ask some <laughs> some joking around questions. So, Jonathan. Uh, where is at the University of Georgia best place to eat on or off campus? Mm. <laughs> I think it, I think that one kind of depends on how much money you're willing to spend. But um, we've 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 been here a couple times. It's called uh, Marker Seven. It's a sort of like a seafood slash higher end restaurant, and it's it's great food. It's actually right near right near Foley Field, so it works out. If there you go, right after practice. Drop a couple bucks. <laughs> there you awesome. go. Um, so this is a big one. So we've been kind of keeping a, a, a tallies with the rest of the guests that we've had on. So are you <laughs> Team Rawlings or Team Wilson? I'm Team Wilson. Okay. So with the A2000 gloves. That's what, that's what we get here, and I, I love them. And that's Wilson, what I've, yeah. I've always used a Wilson. So, <laughs> so it's two to one. Yeah, two to one, Team Wilson. Right now, we'll do another one too that we've been keeping tally of. Jonathan, are you a fan of Mexican food? Yeah, big fan. Big okay, fan. I actually 
just came from Chipotle about 30 minutes ago. Does that, does does that qualify? Chipotle or Canopa? <laughs> that, that, that should count for something. It's Maybe not authentic, but it's still Mexican food. Fair enough, yeah. So I guess we're, now Chipotle takes a 2-1 lead. What's, what's your order? Uh, definitely steak bowl with some uh, brown rice, corn, shredded cheese, lettuce, and some guac on top. There you there go. There you go. That's fire. Yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously, you know, a lot of great pitchers have come from Georgia, you know, and just in general, honestly. So, you know, even in the bigs, who, who do you model your game after the most, you think? Any pitcher. Yeah. I mean, I think it um, overall, definitely just a guy like Max Scherzer, just an absolute bulldog on the mound and just has <laughs> confidence in every pitch he throws and just thinks that he's just the man every time he steps on the mound. He does. I just think that I just think that's awesome. He just gets sure. so competitive. Like oh, it's, it's like you can bad. just see it though. It's every pitch. Yeah. You guys, he misses. He could be throwing a shutout. He misses one off the black. He just like it like freaks yeah, out. Freaks out. <laughs> oh you guys, God. let's see. We're we're recording this one on the 29th. The White Sox are playing tonight. Did you guys see the video that got tweeted out of Lucas Giolito on the mound tonight? He looked mean so. it was hold on let me yeah. see if i can find it i'll, I'll me yeah. to me put it in the thing and yeah. we'll we'll run it <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were walking up to lift to lift earlier and someone goes giolito has a perfect game going we we're like through how many innings they go six it was like this is the playoffs it was yeah, ridiculous no, yeah. man <laughs> exactly I think I was more shocked at the fact that he was going with a perfect game. And usually I feel like he can rack up the strikeouts too. And I think he finished with only eight and only eight. Yeah. Okay. But like, yeah. I felt like he could have, I thought the strikeout numbers would have been a lot higher for him. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, he would have, a, if he completed that perfect game, right. You would have had a crazy season in 60 yeah. games. You would have had a no hitter and a perfect game. That would have been insane. Insane. That would have been ridiculous. Game in the playoffs. Yeah. Seen. And in the playoffs. Yeah. Just ridiculous. He really, uh, has improved the past two years. He's one of the top stars in the league for sure. Oh yeah. Um, are you a, are you a Braves guy? No, yeah, I'm a big Braves fan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what do yeah. you think? What's your projection? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think our offense is going to keep us in it, but I, I'm definitely worried about the pitching staff and specifically the relief pitching. Okay. So that's yeah, what yeah. that's what killed us like the past three years. Like every time, like our starters get into a little bind in like the fourth inning, we bring in the reliever, and then it's just all downhill from there. I mean, you guys, uh, it'll be interesting, but our offense is really good, so I'm hoping we'll score. Yeah, yeah, that's true. What was it? Was it last year? Sorry, Jonathan, I hate to bring this up. Was it last year where they were like down ten nothing in the first inning Um, (laughs) in the playoffs? I think they were playing the Cardinals. I think. Yeah, we hit a walk off, and was it like game four, and then it's game five, and. We're down ten to nothing. I was in. I was at. I was at practice or so. I don't remember where I was at, but I wasn't paying attention. And I turn on the game like thirty minutes after it started, and it's like seven nothing with one out in the first inning. And I, <laughs> I'm turn, I'm not even gonna watch it. Well, I got my Yankees right now, up five one on Cleveland. Aaron Judge uh, is a home run on Bieber. After, yeah, they got after Bieber a little bit. For it sure. Was so nice. I was watching it live. I'm like, yep, that's gone. See you later. <laughs> Ninety four down the pipe. Oh man. Can't leave that for Judge. <laughs> obviously, obviously touching on a tough Braves moment, but Jonathan, who is your favorite Braves player going up or a favorite Braves moment? 
Favorite Braves moment is easy. That was about two – I think it was two years ago. I was actually at the first playoff game at uh, Suntrider. Now it's called Truist with my roommate. And I watched Ronald Acuna hit that grand slam um, in oh, yeah. game three. And that was just the, one of the craziest Braves moments that I've ever seen. And then probably favorite, favorite guy growing up, probably watching um, – the latter end of Smoltz pitching was probably, and then watching watching Chipper, obviously. Of course, of course. Definitely two two guys that were awesome to grow up watching. I mean, isn't also you know kind of crazy on like longtime Braves like Freddie Freeman also like you don't even think about it, but the dude's been yeah. in the league for like ten or eleven years now. Yeah, and he's and he's really good every year. Yeah, yeah, he he literally is the best first baseman in baseball. It's, I don't even think it's close really at this point. He's oh, machine. If, if he doesn't win MVP this year, that's, oh yeah, no, he's winning it. He's got. I, to. He's got to. It's like a younger Joey Votto. You can just go out there, guaranteed, pretty much like two ninety, three hundred, thirty bombs, hundred rubies. Just chalk him up for it. You're all set. And exactly. Not many Arabs in the field either. He's yeah. Really first too. He wins Gold Glove like every year. <laughs> Absolute stud. Absolutely. Okay. I guess oh, right. he's swing too. I mean, I would have never thought just looking at his swing that he would be good. I know it's such a like weird swing, just up and down. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of unorthodox a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, just throw this guy inside, but then he's turning on a hundred and putting it four hundred fifty feet down the right field line. You know, kind of speaking of on top of that a little bit, you know, how you just analyze Freddie Freeman a little bit. What kind of you know, if you had to pick a player in, you know alive dead whatever it doesn't matter who would you want to face and how would you kind of work them mm, this is a tough one um I man i'm guessing we'll go mlb guy i mean it's i would say not many guys get into the mlb with holes in their swings um true i mean if i had to face someone i'd probably I mean, I'd probably want to face Freddie just because I grew up watching him all the time, and I would just pound fastballs up and in and hope I don't hit him. <laughs> oh, man. That's not, I mean, I feel like people in the league have known that for 10 years, and they still can't do it. If you, just, if you miss your spot at all, it's, it's out over the middle of the plate, and it's elevated, and he just crushes it. That's what the great hitters do. <laughs> exactly. Even though you know their game, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. God. Yeah. You read the scouting report. Execute it. You get them out, and if you don't, they get a hit. Yeah. So, there you go. Yep. That's true. <laughs> All right. Um. You know, Jamo, you got anything else? No, I think we're all set. I think we're good. You know, didn't want to keep Jonathan too too long. No. Yeah. We yeah, know you so got a busy. Busy schedule with everything with classes and training and stuff. But um, sure. Jonathan, you're awesome, bro. Thank you so much for coming on. Much appreciated. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, do you have anywhere where they, can, where they can find you? Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. And then, sorry, what was that? I kind of cut out there for a second. Oh, yeah, you're don't good? worry. If they have any – do you have any social medias you want to plug where, the, where people can find you and keep up Get with you? Plug? Oh yeah, uh, Instagram is Jonathan.cannon and you can find me there. Cool, cool. Yeah, Spotify, YouTube guys, give him a follow. Huge arm, big talent. He's going to be quite the fun watch this season in Big Georgia 2021 and season. And hopefully and beyond. Uh, 
go check out our other episodes with uh, Chris McMahon and Jay Coover. Those are up on the channel and on the Spotify. Give us a like, follow on Instagram, Twitter at podcast underscore TWR. And we will see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.